you know, uh, when you were telling me about these different movies, it kind of sounded like uh, there was like thunderstorms in the distance, but it's not <clears throat> physically here. It's just like in a distance. And uh, I, I kind of feel like it's kind of like moving away. Unless we're we're going to get it later on tonight. I, uh, in some ways, I hope not because uh, we have a storm shelter that we have to go into if, if we're woken up for what, whatever reason. Oh, right. But uh, anyway, the uh, thing I want to mention... Uh, so this guy had a list of B-rated movies, and um, one of them was was actually uh, Pumpkinhead Two. Oh yeah. <laughs> and what was another one? It, uh, it made me think that I'll check it out. I don't know what it is anymore. I have to re-listen to some of it again, but uh, it, there, there were some familiar like movies that I've heard in there. And uh, just so you know that Pumpkinhead 2 and and like these um, other movies that, that he mentioned, that had to be around the, the same time period when Killer Clowns is or was made because uh, it's it's still like uh, the 80s kind of movies where they're coming out with supernatural and strange movies like that. So, um, but mine um, would have been I'll just I'll just do maybe four uh, if if I were to have a list. And and in fact, I'll invert it. Like the first one from from the bottom, number four, would have to be arachnophobia. I'll give it to them because they're uh, acting. Uh, if you watch it again, their lines are cheesy, but but the visual effects and everything in there is just so superb that you believe that these spiders are being, uh, you know, biting these actors on on screen but of course if the studio actually really did that they would get sued so they we would be watching a snuff film if that was actually happening so, uh-huh. um and then number three for uh for me is uh warlock the armageddon and it's <laughs> It's it's not just so much uh, the acting was was bad or anything like that. I mean, the first Warlock movie where Julian Sansa appears, and it's a sequel to Warlock. It's Warlock the Armageddon. But even uh, the first movie, uh, I I mean, yeah, I mean, it had some cheesy lines in the first movie, but it's a follow-up from, from that first movie, but the first movie had to be the best movie because it's, it's uh, like early, like 80s 
special effects and I believed everything in that movie was magic like he actually had these supernatural powers and then they killed him off at the end he just turned into like this uh, skeletal like demon at, at, at the end and then for his one final scare he he opened his skeletal mouth and, and the uh, protagonist stepped on his uh, skull and just uh, saying like screw you uh, I mean go to hell kind of thing and um, but the second movie was was like it was obvious I mean it was obvious cheesy and and uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, even so I still watched the uh, the movie anyway mm-hmm. Warlock the Armageddon I'm talking about um I still watch the movie because even with bad acting in it, I still enjoyed it. It 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 still made me think that this warlock is actually on on the quest, and he made me feel like that he will stop at nothing to get these stones to release his father from the depths of hell, because his his father is Satan himself, but he said in the first movie he goes by many names. So he's been known as uh, Satan. He's probably been known as Beelzebub. He's probably known by many uh, others. And and the channeler in the first movie uh, was channeling his father, Zemiel. Now, I... I have a suspicion that Zamiel actually is, um, it has a meaning to it. I don't know what that meaning is. I'll have to look it up later. But it, it kind of feels like to me anything with the L at the end is like an angel's name. It, it, it means of God is pretty much what it means. So, um, Zamiel is is pretty much like a fallen angel, and anybody uh, who's religious, either Christianity or Catholicism, would would tell you that yes, Satan was once uh, an angel, but um, had, I guess, if you want to call it uh, creative differences, that uh, for lack of a better word, uh, I mean, of how Earth should be run. Then uh, God cast him out of heaven, uh, heaven, and created a place for him where he can rule uh, hell for all eternity to torture all uh, evil and sinful souls, and ah. that 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 became uh, a place where he didn't have a choice in the matter, but it made him. Um, hate his father uh, even more. I mean, the one that rules the heaven. And uh, so he wanted uh, to uh, come back on Earth. The object of this movie was to bring the end of the world. So it's not so much like revenge against God. Well, let's, let's say that his revenge was against God. Well, why destroy Earth when it was actually uh, your father you have a beef uh, beef with? Uh, so I would just take it up to 
the man who cast you out in the first place and not take it out on uh, the human beings that are living on this planet. I, I, I think there would be a war in heaven if, if, uh, if it did happen that way, but I would say uh, it would be a much interesting story if we got to see what uh, the war in heaven would look like if Satan made it back in, in heaven again. Um, but they did it this way, which is fine too. I mean, I believe that he will stop at nothing to collect all six stones to release his father from, from hell. And he almost did succeed, but, uh, he went back in hell where, where he belonged. But the only person that needed to go back to hell again was this warlock that's still breathing and beating. And you would have uh, thought that the battle uh, would have killed off the warlock if if his father was defeated too. But no, he was still beating and breathing. And so the final battle was between these two um, druid warriors uh, to kill off the uh, warlock. So he can go back in hell again with this special blade, um, like a dagger that that was made from the Holy Grail, and uh, so he uh, he gets stabbed with it, um, screams in pain, and then goes to hell. And um, at the end, the final scare is that he takes one of the uh, stones with him now there was a warlock three but i didn't like it very much i mean it's not one of those movies that i would go back and watch again uh-huh. but <laughs> it, 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 it would be something that i would occasionally watch because it just doesn't have julian Sands in there and i just uh, should have thought that they should have made part three some time ago where they had the idea with the warlock coming back again with that birth stone that he took uh, with him and held to be reborn again, that would have been uh, interesting uh, to reintroduce warlock to come back one last battle again, if it was going to be a trilogy and, uh, and defeat him once and for all. So he couldn't come back. But Warlock 3 was with Bruce Payne, so, um, I mean, there were some disturbing images in there, yes, and and these spells were uh, pretty powerful, and I, I guess in, in that sense in, in, in the movie, but he killed all of the... Uh, uh, protagonist friends off just by casting a, a spell. I guess they're trying to make it a little more realistic of what spell casting uh, would look like if a, a real witch was to do it. And um, they they did that in in the movie, so it made it a little more believable to me. But uh, I. Um, I don't really watch it. 
I, I, I mean, I occasionally watch it, but, but, but I just, it's not one of my go-tos. Uh, I just watch Warlock and Warlock the Armageddon. And, um, and just end it right there because of the Bruce Payne one. I mean, it's somewhat enjoyable. I just don't watch it over and over like I uh, do with the other two. And, oh, nice. And, uh, Number two would would have to be, um, I would have to say, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. But I, oh yeah, <laughs> it's so uh, bad. I, I I mean I haven't watched it very often, but I would watch it again. I mean it's it's supposed to be a musical, and it was, but it's not one of those musicals that would have. Uh, a song stuck in your head all the time, not like other musicals that we have nowadays. And um, I think the only thing that does kind of get stuck in my head is actually the theme song to the movie Attack of a Killer Tomatoes. That's the only thing that's good about it. But but everything else... Um, was just ridiculous and uh, <laughs> cut, 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 kind of like uh, I mean something that that was ridiculous that still scared me as a kid, but then I had to make sure I watch over and over again so I I I, I can say like I watched it all the way through, uh, but the only problem was I get nightmares after seeing it and then I I, I watch <laughs> it I watch it so I. I can do it without screaming and uh, having nightmares at, at night. So I I found a way to cope. I don't know what I did, but uh, I don't have nightmares from it like I used to. And then uh, the next movie that's topping that the list would have to be Killer Clowns, bait, bait, because not only uh, – is it my favorite film and what used to scare me as a kid, but but it's just you just have to understand uh, what what kind of technology they were using back then. There was no technology. I mean, there was, but there wasn't. It's, it's not like yeah how we how how we have technology today. It's the the innovative uh, special effects team actually came up with the idea of animating uh, the shadow puppets and they came up with animating you know like kind of like uh, you were talking about the stop motion uh, to turning uh, people into concave cocoon where uh, somebody is there at first and then they remove the actor and then this uh, thing turns into uh, a concave cocoon in front of them uh, so they just added the animation of turning someone into concave cocoon with this uh, pink phaser uh, that they were using from their guns. Right. Uh, and uh, the other thing that they thought of was turning uh, somebody into a balloon. Well, not a literal balloon, but they were trapped inside of it. And uh, uh, Slim uses like this uh, gun that all the other clowns were using for killing people, but instead of killing Debbie, you see like this yellow 
uh, light come out. Instead of killing her, she's trapped inside of this uh, balloon. So that's why I chose that as my number one date date because that was just um, like um, cutting edge uh, special effects back then. It may yeah. not it, it it may not be Star Wars amazing, but it's. It's still cutting edge, uh, even if it is cheesy nowadays. It's it's one of the things that I remembered scared me as as a kid, and uh, uh, just seeing it happen on camera like that, I'm I'm like, no, I don't want to meet those clowns. But <laughs> in in my adulthood, uh, well, right now. I would meet those clowns because, well, it's exaggerated uh, anyway for the film, but but I would still meet them. I want to have a picture with them, maybe have a selfie with them. I'll probably, <laughs> uh, I'll probably get Slim and Jumbo to actually take a picture with me. You know, um, not Hollywood, uh, in in Florida, they they had a uh, a thing called uh, Hollywood Horror Nights, and it has the killer class matter space um, like haunted house thing in there. Oh wow! And um, I don't know, but in my uh, humble opinion, I would be a happy camper just to see those clowns and. Uh, I I want to actually uh, ask one of them, do you mind having uh, a selfie with me? And maybe one of the actors there could actually uh, be in it as, as well, like uh, the people who are playing the part of the Terenzi brothers. Yeah, I, w- I would get uh, one of those uh, guys playing the part and just seeing a picture with me I mean I'm such a fan of that movie and why not I, I, I would ask for Slim Jumbo and uh, Rudy actually the, uh, he's he's a killer he wants to be your friend but then eventually he will kill you but, but, but he's one of the friendliest clowns before he kills people <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, he just wants to get to know what we are as as human beings, and then I mean, he he knows that he's like a predator that uh, wants to uh, feed off of us, but but he doesn't want to uh, kill us right away. He wants to play with us. He wants to be friendly and and get to know us, and then uh, before you least expect it, kill you off. <laughs> so it, it's it's a perfect trap that way. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, I was uh, thinking of a whole bunch of movies that I had in mind for B-side films. So the trauma, Tromaville movies, particularly the Toxic Avenger. Have yeah. you ever seen that? Uh, 
I've heard of toxic uh, adventure. I have, but 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 not trauma. A uh, trauma, T R O M A, Tromaville. They created a ton of movies. I guess you could technically you could say all of those are B side movies because Toxic Avenger was pretty much the most known that I can think of at the moment. And yeah, Tromaville really had its heyday in the 80s. And it, it's just crazy stuff. I mean, the most toxic content <laughs> you can watch, just craziness. I mean, you know, it'll have when they have like bad characters, the characters are just bad. They're not even thoughtful ones. They're just bad where everything about them is just rotten and um, blatant. It's just blatantly the most stereotypical bad, especially in the eighties with bad acting and just mm -hmm. characters that were corrupt and, uh, protagonist, the Toxic Avenger that had a hilarious costume, or it was just this acid uh, drip, acid dunked skinny guy that turned into a ripped mutant with a sagging eye, and uh, when he, before it all happened, he was trying to hook up with a girl who was playing a joke on him and got him to dress up in a ballerina costume. And so then it's just this giant ripped mutant man in a ballerina costume with a mop. Because <laughs> he was a, he was a, uh, a um, janitor at the pool or rec center where all of the popular people would go and they played a joke on him. And, um, yeah, just, and then what he would do is, you know, basically destroy, kill all of the corrupt people in the town. And I mean, these people were racist. They were just mean. I mean, there was just some of the most inappropriate, jokes and stuff that was done and yeah the, that is to me one of the most billboard types of B movies um, another movie that I found that I couldn't really believe was a B-side but you know what it complete it really is At Hercules in New York you know, who would have thought Arnold Schwarzenegger would have been in a B-side movie? But, yep, this is his first movie, and you got to start somewhere. And, yeah, this B-side movie uh, came out in 1982. And just Hercules, I guess, time traveled and went to New York and had to help in some way. It's just so cheesy. It's just, it was one of the greatest worst movies. Um, oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's 1970. It says Conan the Barbarian. I'm sorry. That was 1982. 
that definitely was a classic, not a B-side. But uh, Hercules in New York was way earlier on. Young Arnold, 1970. That definitely was one just super wacky. And then as I'm looking through this list, I'm just going through. I had a couple that I thought, oh, my gosh, um, you know, this is worth mentioning. I remember seeing, I never saw this, but I always remember seeing the cover, uh, the blob. There was a 1958 version and a 1988 version. Um, there was the blob. Uh, there was actually, that reminds me, there was a movie. Um, it was about a lake that attacked uh, teenagers. And I'm looking it up right now. It was called, uh, it, it was a series of movies um, where basically the, or not movies, but skits. Um, oh man, I wish I could find this. It was, uh, well, I'll, I'll figure it out. Basically, it was so stupid. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking as fast as I can, but basically the lake had some type of acid pool that would had a mind of its own. It would swim around the lake. It was almost like moss. Here it is. The raft. Yeah, the raft. Now I'm finding out what this was from. The raft. Uh, Creep show. Creep show too. Yeah, that was another great set of uh, hilarious yet still horrifying skits. And then there was also um, this uh, one movie. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Boy uh, has fly collection. He was, his name was Gordy Belcher. <laughs> his was the name main character's name. It was a boy from, are you afraid of the dark? And uh, let me look. It's Gordy Belcher, the willies, the willies was hilarious. So stupid. 1990. And uh, Gordy Belcher uh, was this kid that collected flies. And there was a mad scientist that had fertilizer that was special. It would basically add steroidal growth to his vegetables. And the kid used to steal his soil for his fly collection. I don't know. I forget why, but. Anyways, it was some type of fertilizer or something. But then what the mad scientist did is he added his secret formula to the soil the kid was stealing. And he gave him some. He had him over and he gave him some of the soil. And the kid used the soil with the flies. And then the flies ended up growing human-sized and then ripped his arms off. <laughs> It was so stupid. And then the kid is, he just ends up laying on a 
at the end, it's just a hammock. He's just on a hammock. Just he, he was like a bratty kid. It was just so stupid. I don't know if uh, Johnny Mnemonic. That was a cool cyberpunk film. May have been a B-side. It was, I think it was in 96. It starred Keanu Reeves, Ice-T, uh, the woman from uh, Starship Troopers, uh, who ended up dying at a certain point. It was like the love interest of the main character that was one of the infantry. She was always like a heartthrob in the 90s. Uh, oh, my gosh. You know, uh, so, well, let me talk about Johnny Mnemonic. That one was really cool. It was, it was basically... We're coming up on, on, on five oh, minutes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, call me back. Yeah. Sounds good. There we go. Are you there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Johnny Mnemonic was basically a pre-version of The Matrix. It was really good. And... Um, it even starred who's the actor who played in Rocky Four, the Russian guy. I forget how to pronounce his name. He's the blonde boxer uh, who was the Russian guy, and um, he was—he's uh, really well known. You know, he's kind of like he was part of the Expendables, I believe. Um, here, hold on. I'll get his name. Um, but basically, it had a lot of big name characters, uh, but it just it didn't really take off. That's one thing is like, you know, B side movies, kind of, you know. Oh, Dolph Lundgren. That's who it is. So yeah, it starred Keanu Reeves, Dolph Lundgren, Ice T, Dina Meyer. And um, looking at, let's see, uh, Henry Rollins. Yeah, so basically, um, you know, it was it was a movie about Keanu has uh, some information that can save the world from a horrible virus. Wow, it's kind of crazy how it kind of has a parallel plot to what we're going through right now in terms of just that backstory but anyways for him specifically um it's a cyberpunk movie because he has a chip in his brain that he's going to store information that is the cure it was it came out in 95 and so anyways um this cure is stored on his brain but unfortunately it's so much information that it becomes very dangerous for him to store in his brain. You know, it, he has to give up his childhood memories and, and his brain could even crack. He could crash. He could die. He could basically have a lobotomy and he's got to find a supercomputer, which happens to be a dolphin in a tank with a helmet on. I mean, it was so wacky, but it was also pretty cool. I mean, you know, it had all these types of ninja type characters with machine guns. And, you know, it was very Mad Max post-apocalyptic, you know, 
uh, kind of like the video game NES video game Trojan, which was kind of like the Warriors, you know, like gangs, but it's it's like futuristic. Um, it's it was interesting juxtaposition of themes, and uh, oh, but yeah, the Willies that one I mentioned, and then you know what actually. I didn't realize this, but Leprechaun, the Leprechaun movies, the first one, I guess it was just so well known that it you wouldn't really consider it a B-side movie. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was since the beginning. I mean, Jennifer Aniston, she, you know, she never really, uh, well, she was in the second one. Yeah, she was in the second one. It starred. What was the chubby guy from Pee Wee Herman? He was, I th- yeah, he was in the first one. Um, and then the little, the midget who played uh, the leprechaun, um, who's hilarious. I guess just to be politically correct, I'm sorry, uh, like little person. Um, but he's, he's genius. I mean, he was also in Willow. I mean, he is the man. Like the leprechaun movies you know that those are to me just b side at heart but really the one that was the worst was leprechaun 3 that one was just it was the worst like there was this one scene where this woman who enjoys getting plastic surgery her boobs are inflated by the leprechaun until they explode. <laughs> I mean, it was just so stupid. Like, who would think of that? <laughs> but that's just part of the hilarious nature. Um, you know, I've seen this at Blockbuster a ton of times during my run at Blockbuster. Ginger dead man. <laughs> there is that. I see that the feast was on here, so I guess correctly. Um, now, one now, okay. I just before I transition back to you because want to make it a little easier, where I don't talk as long. But um, yeah, you know, B side movies—they're a lot better when they're enjoyed, in my opinion, in the presence of your own home, because. I think it's the worst when you go to the movie theater and you find out that it's a B-side movie. That's the worst, you know, because you really went there to, you know, expect something that was really entertaining. And then you just realize it's such a, you know, low-grade movie that you're just overall just disappointed. You know what I mean? Like, you just like, why did I buy a ticket? Like, you know, set up this time of day. B-side movies to me are best watched at nighttime, you know, or at a time where they're just playing and it's not really a big deal. You know, you have them playing. You might really want to sit down and watch it. But in that case, it's kind of best at nighttime in the comfort of your own home. Not at the movies. And I've had two bad experiences with B-side movies. One was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. 
that movie was horrible. I was so excited. I remember when hearing about that movie because I really liked the original Mortal Kombat, which was not a B-side movie. I mean, that movie was really well done. It, it starred Sonya was the woman from uh, Billy Madison, and um, you had the Beverly Hills Ninja protagonist, I forgot, who played Liu Kang. You know, you had a lot of famous actors. I know Raiden was a famous actor. I forget who played Raiden. But anyways, Mortal Kombat Annihilation was really supposed to be the culmination or an acceleration of what you enjoyed about Mortal Kombat. You know, because there was, uh, you know, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and Reptile. They even put Reptile in there. So it was like, wow, you know, this is amazing. They're really putting these characters in here. You know what I mean? But then it's like, oh, okay, more common annihilation. Oh my gosh, they have Ermac, Rain, Sindel, Shiva. You know, I'm starting to name all of them. You know, they have, you know, Cyrax, Sector. It's like, how could you go wrong? And then he fights the, um, Shao Kahn and it just went horribly because you know it, it was at, at a time 1997 and computer CGI hadn't really fully taken off yet and that was a real a fundamental part of this particular production where it was this underdeveloped CGI and a heavy duty abundance and you know, characters, I remember, just died randomly that you would think that they would have an actual, you know, fight to the death. All the characters in the Mortal Kombat 1 had a fight to the death, you know, a time where they really were defeated. But I think Shiva, for example, she just got crushed by a bell, you know what I mean? Like a giant metallic bell, like a steel bell on by accident you know what i mean that was just so disappointing for me and the main fight at the end was like two beasts fighting because the Liu kang and shao khan they turned into dragons or something and you know it didn't have that gently uh jackie chan style acrobatics to the fighting then also with CGI. And I'm not saying that the CGI at during 1997 means that it was underdeveloped. Like I'm saying, like even in the first mortal Kombat, when scorpions, you know, his hand to get over here, you know, and that monster ties around a tree when it's trying to attack uh, Johnny cage. Oh, yeah, and at the beginning of Mortal Kombat Annihilation, Johnny Cage just dies. I mean, it's just bad. I, I hate to say spoiler alert, but the problem was I went to see that in theaters. I was so disappointed. And then, you know, because you, you go with your friends. You might have a sleepover at your friend's house. And so it's on a weekend. You know, you're in middle school or elementary school. I, I was in elementary school. 
and you know you want your weekend to go awesome and then you just realize oh my gosh we just spent a big time uh, together going to the mall just to see this horrible movie and then there was uh, another movie that was really bad house of the dead that was so bad dawn of the dead starring Mackay pfeiffer couple other famous actors that was pretty good that was actually directed by a uh, director from st louis who uh, went to slough high school and basically um you know he also directed scooby-doo too and uh that was really exciting so you know and then the resident evil movies were i thought really good as well um but house of the dead they had a commercial that was playing as like a rerun commercial it was on it was on a loop it's playing all the time and they had this one scene i think i mentioned this in a past podcast because it was just so bad but basically it was a matrix style swivel camera and it was you know, someone who had shot off a shotgun in midair and you saw the swarm of BBs uh, ejecting out of the barrel. And, you know, in light of the creation of the Matrix and how trendy it was, I remember now. So we were talking about how trendy certain cinematography effects were and so after the matrix there were so many movies like the one and with jet lee and so many movies but house of the dead i went to go see in theaters people were walking out the what tipped me off to go see the movie was this commercial where they showed the best scene that they had in the whole movie and the rest of the movie was just horrible i mean we're talking about if you went to a haunted house with zombies a haunted like a local haunted house and people just dressed up and chased after you that was the level of suspense and cinematography of just if someone were to film you running through a haunted house it was so bad um, and I would have enjoyed it if I would have just watched it at home. But since I went to go see it in a movie, there were people walking out saying, this movie sucks. <laughs> and I stayed. But I remember the protagonist, she got stabbed by a sword that went through her body. She got stabbed through her chest directly in the center in like the xiphoid process, like the area of your chest, that's just the center. Mm -hmm. And it went through her out of her back. She was a human. Like she didn't even have superhuman powers. She, she just pulled the sword out and continued the fight. I mean, so fake, (laughs) but anyways, yeah, there's plenty of other movies that I'll have in mind, but why don't you take the mic? Sorry for taking so long. <laughs> okay. It's, it's fine. I, I mean, I, I really can't do 
uh, a long podcast this time. I have work tomorrow anyway, which is unusual for me. Oh, cool. So I have to wake up early. But uh, I I want to thank you for your time to do in a podcast, though. And, and we'll do this uh, whenever you're free again, because I'm sure you've had or are going to have a busy schedule yourself. So. That'd be awesome. Yeah, let me know, and I'd be more than happy to join. I've had such an awesome time. Uh, yeah. So, as as always, uh, thank you for your time, and uh, uh, this is Marvelous Paranormal signing off, and have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, wherever you may be listening to this podcast at this very moment, and goodbye. Uh, thank you for for. Uh, chatting it up with me. Anytime. Thank you. Pleasure is mine. All right. All right. All right. Bye. Talk to you next time. Bye.